The epistle for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans. Brethren, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth his neighbor hath fulfilled the law. For thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment it is comprised in this word, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The love of our neighbor worketh no evil. Love, therefore, is the fulfilling of the law. And the Holy Gospel... It's taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 8. At that time, when Jesus entered into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, a great tempest arose in the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awaked him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And Jesus saith to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then rising up, he commanded the winds and the sea, and there came a great calm. But the men wondered, saying, What manner of man is this? For the winds and the sea obey him. Those are the words of today's Holy Gospel. And behold, there arose a great tempest on the sea, so that the boat was covered by the waves. Then rising up, he commanded the winds and the sea, and there came a great calm. These words are taken from today's gospel in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is a story about a young British doctor who was married and had two children and a very charming home. The husband was a conscientious physician until after attending frequent social events, he contracted an excessive taste for wine. In time, he literally drank his home and his practice away reducing the family to miserable poverty. His good wife never complained, however, about this sad state of affairs, but she did all that she could to help him. One Sunday morning as she went to church, her drunken husband lay on a couch in their living room trying to sleep off the excesses of Saturday night. He was awakened, though, by the thud of something falling to the floor. He slowly opened one eye, and he noticed his little five-year-old boy lying on the carpet. Then he realized that standing beside him was his older brother. The older brother was giving him his little brother directions. He said, now stand up and stumble around. Then you knock into some things and fall again. He paused for a second, and then he added, that's the way daddy does it, so that's the way to play drunk. Quickly, the father opened his other eye. He was 
sobered by this enlightening demonstration, and he was cut to the heart to think that this was how he appeared to his sons. In an agony of remorse, he picked himself up from the couch and stumbled out of the house. He found a bench in the park, and there he fought it out with himself. After some time, he returned to tell his wife that he had taken his last drink. And by having a constant confidence in God's grace to overcome his problem, he kept his promise. Now, my dear friends, in today's gospel, we read about a very striking incident in the life of our Lord. Jesus entered into a boat with his disciples, and while they were out at sea, a great storm arose. The waves were crashing over the sides of the boat, and the apostles were fearful of the boat capsizing. Yet while the boat was being rocked back and forth with the force of the waves and the water was rushing over the sides, our Lord was asleep the whole time. The frightened apostles thus awakened our Lord to ask him to save them. They said, Lord, save us, we perish. These fishermen, as most of the apostles were, who were used to all sorts of inclement weather at sea were so stricken with fear at the intensity of the storm that they thought all was lost. And hence they looked to our Lord for help, yet there he was asleep in the boat. What a remarkable picture that presents to our imagination. And as you know, our Lord arose from sleep and caused a great calm to come over the sea. My dear friends, those waves that were rocking the boat and the water crashing over the sides present a picture of our unruly passions. Our passions, when they are left unchecked, will batter our souls, just as the waves knock the boat. When I speak of the passions, I mean those movements of the soul or those feelings that arise in us when we perceive a good or an evil. The best way to explain this is to give you a very simple example. It is a good thing to eat in order to maintain our health. We must have food to nourish our body, and when we are hungry, we desire food. Desire is one of our passions. If it were not for our passion of desire that makes us want to eat, we wouldn't do it. And we would eventually die of malnutrition. The passions are aids to assist us. When God made us, he gave us the passions to enable us to seek what is good, to help us overcome what is difficult, and to run from that which is evil. Thus, we have a desire, a longing for heaven, and therefore we fight to help us overcome the obstacles in attaining heaven. 
In other words, without the passions of love and desire, we would not love God and we would never do what is necessary to get to heaven. Even though the passions are good in the sense that God gave them to us, we can use them for good or evil. When we use them according to right reason, they are good in God. They give God glory. But if we allow an inordinate or an unreasonable passion to rule us, then they act as evil. So you see, it is a good thing to have a desire for food. But to let your passions go beyond reason by overindulging would be to let your unruly passions overcome your reason. This is what happened to the man in the story. The drunken father could not resist the temptation to give in to the excesses of alcohol. When we give in to our passions, we also fall on the ground spiritually like the drunk father in the story. His passions, his love for alcohol, and his desire to consume it went beyond the bounds of reason and he drank so much that he lost the use of his reason and he committed sin. His unchecked passions reduced him to a state of poverty and were ruining his family. It is because of original sin that our passions have become unruly or inordinate. Since we are victims of the effects of original sin, we all must learn to keep our passions in check. This is crucial, for our eternal salvation depends on it. Parents have an obligation to train their children in this regard. For example, when you see a three-year-old child throwing a temper tantrum and rolling around on the floor, that child is giving in to the passion of anger. It is the parent's responsibility to correct and discipline that child. The world today would tell you to allow the child to express himself in this way. But when you give in to your children, you show them that they have more authority over you than you have over them. Therefore, parents must not give in to their children's every want. In doing so, you do them no favor, and you fall short of your duty as a parent. Rather, you must teach your children self-control and how to be master of themselves. You must teach them to practice virtue, for their eternal salvation and yours depends on this. Adults, too, have to control their unruly passions. The world would tell you to give in to your feelings, but this attitude goes directly against Catholic morality. It is precisely because of this modern attitude that impurity and vice are so rampant in society today. There are so many deceits in the world today, especially with regards to purity. The TV shows, the movies, the internet, modern fashions, all of these work 
to arouse our passions. But we see where this attitude of modern man, the attitude of letting the passions have full reign, is leading him swiftly down the path to hell. And we must not follow man on this downward slope. We must not give in to our inordinate passions. And whether we control our passions can be a matter of life and death for our soul. It can be a matter of heaven or hell. And you know, if we learn to master our passions, not only will we have eternal life, but we will be happy in this life. We will have true peace of soul and sanctity of life. We must therefore learn to discipline our passions when they rise up against right reason. When temptations arise, realize that obeying God's commandments must outweigh your desire to give in to your passions. Do this, first of all, by restraining the unruly passions. Also have recourse to the sacraments. In Holy Communion and in the Sacrament of Penance, you will receive the necessary graces to assist you in the spiritual combat. We must therefore do our parts. We must act contrary to our unruly passions, and we must receive the sacraments regularly and devoutly. But we must also have recourse to prayer. When you feel a storm arising within your soul, when you feel blown about by the winds of your passions, call on our Lord for help. For you cannot master your passions without his assistance. We must, like the apostles, go to our Lord. We must call out to him and say, Lord, save us, we perish. And if we do this with confidence, he will help us just as he helped the apostles. He will rise up and he will subdue the wind and the waves. And there will be a great calm. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.